Yes, it's AKA Claudette here for Where the Heavenly Bodies Are, episode 308 for the full moon on June 5th, 2020. I will be giving you the positions from the standpoint of Corona, California, where a group of souls are meeting for a water activation. They're called Wake Water Co. Wake Movement. And they're waking up to their waters. And that includes uh, very much like Christ consciousness and the water secretion. And all these things really do relate to the number 13 uh, of Fucus. And that is where our moon is on this full moon. This is not to be confused with astrology. This is actually the mathematical and astronomical position of our heavenly body in the sky. And the reason I'm doing this is because when the current themes of where we are now first showed up, it was at the solar eclipse in December on the 26th, 2019. At that time, there was a new moon at 7 degrees Sagittarius. And therefore, numbers and positions play a very big part. And this full moon, we will have a focus, our moon, at 7 degrees of a focus. And Sky Astrology acknowledges not only where the heavenly bodies are to be seen in our sky, but also where they mathematically are. So for those of you who have a sky from me, I want to give you immediately where the heavenly bodies are. If you are not in Corona, then the ascendant does not apply to you. That changes to every place, but feel free to reach out if you want to know. Okay, at this time of 12-12 in Corona, when our sun and our moon will be exactly opposite each other, which is what makes a full moon, 21 degrees of Leo will be rising in the sky. Okay, that might not be viewable with your naked eye because the day light will wash the stars out but nonetheless it is there also uh, following that is immediately not immediately but the first uh, heavenly body is our moon as I said before it's at seven degrees of focus what's also playing a part here is the south node is at two degrees Sagittarius that is actually very close to the galactic center. Next we have Jupiter which is moving retrograde along with Pluto. Actually Pluto is next and Pluto is at 28 degrees almost about to go into 27. 28 degrees 5 arch minutes and Jupiter is retrograde at 29 degrees 58. And Saturn, not far behind, is at 1 degrees 29 Capricorn. 
not to be confused with uh, what you might have heard about Aquarius. I could take a quick minute to expand on that because I've seen memes about uh, Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn belongs in Capricorn. Saturn relates to government and also Capricorn here at the beginning of Capricorn is very much an earth energy. It is a seahorse so we do have to take on board that there is some water involved but the main information that I want to convey for Saturn being in Capricorn is the limitation, is the manifestation of limitations and of lessons and of reality. And I align that with the laws that I researched and saw that were being made at the time that Saturn first went into Capricorn at the zero degree and that was at the beginning of the so-called global lockdown which was around March 23rd where the UK I know and America both were making laws about immunization and all these things and I believe that when Merc and that was before when Saturn was going direct and then of course when the lockdown eased that's when actually Saturn went retrograde. And I am looking forward <laughs> to Saturn going back into Sagittarius because it will give, I believe, uh, an opportunity to gain a little bit more control. That's a bit what Saturn does over the enlightenment, over the emotions, over the uh, the ideas what is actually behind this energy because fire is energy and the fire can stand up to earth and therefore it will be a meeting of this information which now just Saturn being in retrograde is in a way reinforcing the restrictions of the material plane, the earth plane, and the limitations to it. I will refer back to that, but that is what we're feeling now. It is Saturn in home, in an earth energy, not in Aquarius. Also, Saturn is associated with Aquarius, and we be in a lot different bulking, but you know what? We have that to look forward to some years down the road. Okay, let's continue. We have Mars. Mars is at 18 degrees Aquarius. And next we have Chiron. I always say you it's at 16 but almost 17. I acknowledge the planet X called Eris. It's at 32 degrees of Pisces but actually can be seen in Satus. Next we have Uranus at 10 degrees Aries. And Venus is retrograde. Yes, on Wednesday it was aligned with the sun, but they say that that means that Venus cannot really fully emulate 
when she's outshined by the sun. It's similar to when we have a new moon. It's like the moon is is outshined by the sun. And Venus is going retrograde at home, which is important to note. And that is um, at 18 degrees retrograde. We'll go... Um, yeah, we'll go direct on the 25th of June. Then we have our sun very clearly at 21 degrees of Taurus. Last but not, no, it's not last but not least, but what's really important is there's a, (laughs) interesting enough, there is a plan, a star, Betelgeuse, that they say will be turned, maybe has turned into a supernova. We don't know. We can't see it. It's so far away. But our north node is aligning with this at 35 degrees. And Betelgeuse is a star of Orion. And when the nodes align, there's always something very, uh, clearly in play and I always say let's be the observer and see what this is we are observing those who are acting or acting those of us who are praying or praying those of us who are channeling or channeling those of us who are getting downloads are getting downloads the main thing is to remember humanity and to share and to remember and this is a download I got yesterday and I'm you know starting to say that I'm getting downloads. It came to me, and I know at a divine time when our moon was at zero degrees Scorpio, that this is a race war, but it's not about black and white. From the information that I have from a lot of people, this is a race war against from our humanity. For our humanity. Because we are of the human race. All of us. And we are fighting. And up against evil forces. Which are the alien race. They are alien to us. This is. You know. I don't. This part I don't know. If it's reptilian. Like David Icke says. Or it's intergalactics. Or real aliens, which star system, I don't know any of that. But I do know that this is telling us that the clue and the reason for unity is that we are all up against something alien to us. That's why it doesn't make sense, because people are autistically good natured human means humanity we are connected to humanity and you know maybe we're not always enlightened maybe people say um, nasty things and horrible things yes but they still have the humanity to treat the loves of their lives or people important as their own in a reptilian or a alien uh, energy, it's not working on humanity. It has a different set of uh, 
principles and systems and um, mentality and with the reality of what's going on now the facts are there I just think there could be no way that if George Floyd worked with this policeman for 11 years that that would happen that is number one and you know these things can make sense and you know the fact that a weapon of our humanity is being used against us is another reason why I think this is true because the facts are stronger than the emotion tied to what we were focused and shown to see and to look at and this came also uh, on the 22nd of the new moon on the new moon the sun and moon were at 8 degrees and that is the atomic number for oxygen. And I uh, channeled that it was about our humanity. Our humanity is is threatened from alien race. From, I don't know which one, but this race war is the human race and the alien race. It's not a civil war. It shouldn't be. And don't get it twisted. And please focus. And... Maybe the most difficulty is is thinking, is there really alien race? Are they all nice? No, they're not. Probably not all nice. And if you believe, and there have been documents about uh, UFOs, then use this information. We are in the information. This is the information will set us free. We are in the middle of an information technical age. And information is your friend. So do your research and understand that, you know, they're the reason for everything. And that this is adding up to not making sense that a human would do this to another human. That's my little talk about that. Okay, and that is maybe what is so poignant about the North Node being at the juncture of um, Gemini because it's going backwards, so it's leaving. No, it's going. It's it's coming out of Gemini, going into Taurus, and that is at the juncture where a big part of the Orion constellation is aligned, and we have that support. Then we have Mercury at eight degrees still eight degrees of Gemini so that is of course a wonderful um, alignment because again this eight degrees is there from the new moon uh, showing us that there is a connection okay so the other thing that I wanted to share is a information from Graham Hancock about a focus and just a out of the norm uh, opinion about the facts of the matter that I found very um, 
inspiring. I will put the link to this because it's a quite a long article. I won't read all of it. Okay. But it is a good um, perspective, I believe, to have and to be aware of so that you can start to make your own conclusions, which is, you know, one based on your humanity and for what you have, what you feeling, what you are, are feeling. Okay, so this full moon is about healing and acknowledging the presence of the Scorpio energy and the Sagittarius energy and being of Scorpion energy is one that's very passionate and the Sagittarius energy is where the galactic center is and the birth of stars and the galactic center the black hole there that is you know has more energy than our sun and this <laughs> interesting um, use of words to give us this this idea this point of reference which is really important for us to connect with is that we are birthing which is what corona crowning this awakening this is the grand awakening and there's this you know not to I don't want to use the word new normal because this is not normal this is a new awakening and we are being asked to wake up everybody in their own way some people do it one way or the other there's a reason everything that happens has a reason but it is up to us as humans to respond in a humanitarian way that is our challenge that is our path to get to the so-called age of Aquarius you cannot just arrive at an age without not having um, done the work been on the journey and we're at the dawning of the age of Aquarius but we're not there yet we have the possibility of manifesting this true enlightened golden age of Aquarius and this is really the struggle the journey that is happening for us to birth this new reality so I'll be right back with two uh, readings one from Graham Hancock and the other from Joseph Kepler who in 1604 uh, observed a supernova at in the Ophucus constellation so I'm back another thing I need to mention is this uh, full moon is also aligned with the heart of the scorpion this very bright star called Antares 
and it is quite poignant because the association with Scorpio has come from the venom that is embodied in the story of Scorpio, what uh, was used by alchemists to use the possibility of the scorpion to absorb cosmic light and to sometimes appear blue and that is because it was able to alchemize this energy and I want to read what Graham Hancock said about scorpion in this article that I will leave a link to it's a very good article and I suggest you read it. I would love to read you all of it, but I can't. Okay, he talks in this part about the scorpion. Atomically, the scorpion's head and throcks are merged together. The female's birth canal is located near the center of her chest, a place we would anthropophorically conceive her heart to be. Their young are born live and appear as if emerging from her heart center, cleaving to her chest before mounting her back. Some species of scorpions can reproduce asexually through parathenesis, essentially birthing their young into the world while still maintaining a virtual stature. Antares, the brightest star in the constellation of Scorpio, a red and flaming supergiant, is known as the heart of Scorpio, as one of the four royal stars of Persia, fixed upon and guarding the cardinal directions. Antares is the watcher of the west and the gateway to the underworld associated with the autumnal equinox and death. Antares is a provocator to, provocator to the star Aldebaran, Aldebaran, if you want to pronounce it that way, the right eye of the bull in the constellation Taurus, and this is where our sun is shining across to a focus this full moon. That's not in Graham Hancock's description. Okay, so Taurus, the watcher of these. So, is Antares is the provocateur to the star Aldebaran, the right eye of the bull in the constellation Taurus, the watcher of the east, associated with enlightenment and the vernal equinox. They are positioned opposite each other in the night sky, each one rising while the other sets. And although Antares has incurred a bum rap being mythologically aligned with death, Aldebaran and Antares, the bull and the scorpion, are more of an imposing yet complementary dynamic within the same dualistic nature of a balanced, unified whole. Though he does talk about there's um, also imagery where you see the scorpion um, biting into the bull's um, scrotum. 
and uh, how this has a lot to do with uh, alchemy and rituals that were associated uh, with a lot with Egyptians back then, which is quite interesting as well. So I'm just going to jump to the end of the article because it's so interesting. I wouldn't want to give you snippets uh, that you really should read the whole bit from. But the end of it is quite magical. And this is from the book Magicians of the Gods, printed in 2016. Okay, and there's a picture of a Fucus from 83 or to 840 AD, I suppose. They don't know the author, but I will put that in my Instagram post, aka card app. Okay, this article ends with, The whole of humanity is now undergoing an initiation by venom. A focus is the strategically positioned and cosmetically committed to giving us what we need to affect the next cycle of great change. This process is embedded in time, designed to push us into higher levels of understanding. We react with horror as the despicable nature of our leadership slowly poisoning everything sacred to us, our bodies, our minds, our intuition, our earth. If the outer world is a reflection of our inner world to which the mysteries attest, perhaps we should examine ourselves more intently. How are we behaving in our own lives? Where are we poisoning? Where are we betraying? Where are we hating? Where are we abusing? What venom are we screwing, sprewing upon our spouses, children, neighbors, co-workers? Where are we missing the mark? Many religious doctrines have dwarfed our sacred alliance with the deeper mysteries of life by sending an intermediary that assumes the great work for all. Knowing thyself cannot be one vicariously through another being, divine or not, nor can wealth be achieved through a winning lottery ticket, that is, without a statistically good chance of dismal consequences. Sorry, folks, we don't get something for nothing. There is no stand-in for us in the Hall of Mag. Mat, yeah, M-A-A-T. As we attempt to reestablish our soul's connection in this current state of modern oblivion, we stumble, we make mistakes, we fall short in many ways. The serpent is bound to this symbol of inner conflict as sure as Vasuki is the giant snake who serves as the rope that churns the Milky Way in the tug-of-war between the gods and the demon of human mythology, and we are held captive within this spectacle. To paraphrase an Italian chess proverb, whether we're born to play a king or a pawn, all will return to the same box at the end of the game. Our lives on this earthly plane are about understanding the game, 
learning the inherent virtues of each piece within the scope of the checkered board of space-time. It is not about winning or losing, but how we respond to each move, how far distance our our eyes can see. It is hoped that if we can collectively begin to explore the nature of mythology as symbolic truth, along with deeply felt appreciation for the effort that our ancient ancestors put forth to help us negotiate our current time of planetary crises, perhaps we will be better positioned to heed the warnings regarding our potential fate should the status quo remain. Very powerful ending words from that article. And like I say, I will share that article with you because it is a very important one, I believe. And I am um, happy to offer that as a uh, information um, about what is happening now. Because I believe, you know, we as the observer, we need as much information as we can possibly get to understand this chess game that is being (laughs) played. Now, the next article is from Martin Kemp. He's a professor of history and art at the University of Oxford. And it, yeah, it is an article talking about uh, Kepler's um, publication of the star he found. It's called the Stella Nova, Nova, uh, Nova, Supernova. Uh, that's what it's called. The Supernova of 1604. Uh, they say, he says, he starts. Should I believe that? During the time, maybe I have to, to be honest, put this as a link. I I wanted to, yeah, I, I think because what really appealed to me was about astronomy and um, there's some other things. So I will just read you a bit from the end and I will put the link there. Kepler's treatise can be acclaimed as a work of science, talking about La Stella Nova, as a work of science in the modern sense. For instance, he uses the lack of diurial parallax from the new star, that is the inability to measure its distance using the angle at two different points on Earth's surface to infer that it resided in the sphere of the fixed stars. The provided further evidence that the spear was not as immutable as the ancients had assumed, but the Stella Nova, as its extended title declares, explicitly involved metaphysics and astrology and a climax in an appendix on biblical chronology. 
Within this, we cannot separate, this is important that I wanted to read, within this, we cannot separate that we regard what we regard as the real science from astrology and theology. For Kepler, mathematics and meaning comprise the unified whole. The great astronomer, best known for identifying the ecliptic paths of the planets, became increasingly concerned in the years following the publication of his De Stella Nova with the construction of a purified version of the ancient astrology wisdom purged of the myth that had accumulated around the zodiac signs. He later referred to the mystic symbolism of traditional astrology as, quote, filthy mud, end of quote, from which one can glean even an occasional escargot, oysters, or an eel for one's nutrition. Kepler gained his nutrition from the mathematical ratios of the aspects between the planet planets. He defined an aspect as, quote, a geometrical construction of an angle between light beams of two planets here on Earth. The ratios were integral to the celestial geometry that manifest the, and I love it, mathematical music of the heavens. Oh, this, I love it. He explained that earthly nature cannot help but respond to the dictates of heavenly harmonies and said that nature is affected by an aspect just as a farmer is moved by music to dance. Destella Nova serves to remind us that it was not possible in the era of Kepler and Galileo to pursue astronomy in such a way that the mathematical study of the heavenly bodies was divorced from the theology of a heaven inhabited by God. That is what Martin Kep wrote. Okay, so this is the information that I am offering for this new moon, this full moon, sorry. And the last I want to offer for this full moon is what I felt channeled <laughs> at zero degree Scorpio yesterday, which I was not able to save. I did a live on Instagram and it came to me that this race situation that is amplified at the moment is a distraction because we are all the human race. And I think I said that at the beginning, but I want to repeat it because it is important for us to remember our humanity and remember we are here on this earth as earthlings. And yes, there are definitely wounds that have not been properly healed. And let's really look at why that was the case and find and move forward to solutions that keep 
us able to make change. Okay? So thank you all for doing what you do. If whatever it is that you do in the name of love and high vibrations, I am grateful. I thank you. And I wish you an incredible moment at this time that we are at the Great Awakening. Lots of love from me.